Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! <laughs> Alright, this is the Fizzle Show. Every Friday, we publish a one more conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself doing something you actually care about. In this episode, there's an insane amount of hype around hustle these days, from Gary Vaynerchuk telling you not to sleep, to shaming Instagram posts about how easy it is for some of us to just be productive. On the show today, we break down this trend, talk about why it's happening, and how your drive to hustle is actually hurting you. Hashtag anti-hustle. In case you aren't familiar with what we do here, we run Fizzle.co, a site with 40-plus courses for independent small businesses. Growing an email list, web design essentials, choosing a business idea, and much more, as well as the nine-stage roadmap that ties every course together. Not just the knowledge you need, but more importantly, the actions you should take one at a time so you can focus and get them done. Membership costs only about a dollar a day. But as a listener of this show, you can try your first weeks, uh, first five weeks for free on us when you go to fizzle.co slash try five. Okay, follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 161. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Yeah, Corbett's back in the studio, everyone, after being gone in Mexico. Yep, yep. And, uh, and and we got a good topic to talk about today, but I just feel like we need to just like have a little how's your father because you've been out for a while and he's, he's okay in Mexico. Good. I'm glad. Okay. Now that we've got that sorted out, um, uh, and Steph could leave the podcast le- at Steph, literally any moment now. Steph may just suddenly have to depart because, because, yeah. uh, contractions might start. You guys in. just might hear me leaving for the hospital at any moment. Yep. Um, I do have a little bit of uh, of shame I'm feeling uh, today. Oh no! Yeah, because last episode uh, I just saw one tweet that was that was like, oh, re- like Chase really hijacked the whole thing. You did? I knew yeah. this was going to happen. Wait, and, what was it? And it just, what was the last? One? It was the it was the uh, family young advice for young entrepreneurs. Okay, and I did. I was excited to talk about it, and so I kind of hijacked it. So no, Steph, no, no. My apologies. I have to butt in on this. No, I'm putting my foot firmly down on this, and I actually responded to this tweet and said, oh. "I can see why you might think that." However, I was really eager to hear from the guys on their perspective during the episode. And actually, if you listen to the episode, I asked you a couple times, Chase, to chime in on things that I was asking about. So okay. I don't think I you guess have that to, makes me feel better. I don't think you have to apologize. I I would have preferred to be a conversation than like a solo cast just about me personally yeah and i feel like i stayed out of it pretty well yeah i tried to, I, with the dog thing i tried to get you in <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> and i'm like what <laughs> it was and a good try you're like it's pretty hard right you called, me out on it. you called me out on it so hard too it was you're a good like, try you're not making a <laughs> a comparison between owning a dog and having a baby, right, Chase? Even even self-absorbed yuppie Corbett knows the difference between those things. <laughs> oh, we are all going to heaven, you guys. We're never going to forget this. Yeah. Um, and I just returned with my family from Barrett's wedding. And Barrett is not on the show today because he is on his honeymoon. We wish him all the best out there in Kauai. Kauai. And, um, and he had a great wedding, beautiful ceremony. Sounds like it was a star-studded event. Uh, yeah, there's a picture that Pat Flynn sent me of his oldest son, my oldest son, and Nathan Barry's oldest son all on the same Aww. like porch swing. And I was like, the heirs of the internet. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> That's amazing. The heirs of the obscure yes. blog world internet, <laughs> yeah. which just makes up like literally like less than 0.5% of the internet. I hope so. They're the heirs, none, regardless. Yes. You know, irregardless. Yes. Irregardless. So we've got a good topic today that I want to dive right into because um, because I just think it's fun to talk about. I think it's fun to talk about. Okay. Hashtag anti-hustle. All right. How hustling or how hustling hurts us. I yeah. just love that. I, lo- I love that idea because be- <laughs> because I think it's just touted around everywhere that you should hustle. Yeah. Right. Like where do we end up seeing this? You guys, where do you, Steph, we're, we're in like the women blogosphere that you kind of have your finger on the pulse of. Do you see the same message touted around there? I think so much. And it's so super competitive. Two things come to mind. The first one I think is Instagram. So Instagram, I feel like, and Chase, you've talked about this before too. I think you called it the filter, 
like the filterability of our lives on Instagram. You should, it's mm. almost like this competitive factor of whose life looks the most curated yeah. at look all how, times. Look how deep red my lips are as I as I suck on the straw with like a caramel macchiato. You know what I mean? It's like a pale girl, with big oh, sunglasses, yeah. dark red lipstick, and like, oh, I'm just having a smoothie on a Sunday. No, but, it's it's more like but the, that's most, not the, the most perfect message, no. like succulent plant, you know, on a desk with, you know, all these like gold accessories everywhere. And it's like, oh, just, just sitting yeah. down to, you know, plan out my social media for the week and <laughs> right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And how it, else, how else does it show up for you, Steph? I'm curious. Cause I think that's such a different experience than mine. I, I think I learned more about it by hearing from you. I also had this experience too, going to a few, um, women dominated conferences. And the, while those are great because you make great connections and talk to people who have a similar vibe and I've made some good friends that way. Um, there is this element of everyone, it, all the conversations that you have are, are about like, what are you working on? Well, what are you working yeah. on? And there's all of these like elements of how quickly people can build something and people are almost afraid to share because they don't feel far enough along in the process. So there's almost yeah. like this, I don't know, this barrier that happens in the conversation because everybody feels like they're not far enough along to even have an honest conversation about what it is that they're trying to build, whether it's a blog or a business or, or what have you. So yeah. it kind of creates this like, I don't know, this like unwillingness to share because people are always afraid they're maybe not working hard enough towards it. Mm. So we're talking about this like projection of successful people uh, on social media and in videos and whatnot of this idea that you have to hustle all the time in order to succeed, basically, yeah. right? Or that, yeah. or that those people are hustling all the time. And I think in the world that Steph is talking about, at least the first part of it, not only are people projecting this thing that you have to hustle, but in the in this like female super curated Instagram kind of space, yeah, it's that you have to hustle your ass off and you have to make everything look perfect. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what will always gets me about that for women is I heard someone say this like not only we have to make not only we have to do it, we have to make it look perfect and we have to make it look effortless. Yeah, yeah. It, and I think you guys are totally under that pressure. Like it, you are supposed to make it look like I woke up like this. Yeah, and like I'm enjoying the hell out of every I woke moment up of like it. This. You know, like yeah, and yeah. there's I like also this comes super natural to me. I don't know. It's just like I don't have to think about it. It's just who I am. Yeah, I mean, and and there's also I think there's a whole element of like there, a lot of people are talking about the miracle morning and this whole like morning routine thing. I think has really taken off, and there's a lot of people that I see who you know talk about getting up at five o'clock in the morning every day. Which I think mm. for some people maybe that is really is their thing, but it seems like there's this pressure. You know, if you're not doing enough, that you should just get up earlier and meditate, yeah. meditate, and then journal, and then meditate again, and then you know, there's like this whole kind of production around it. I think that becomes kind of competitive. Yeah, and in the male-dominated sort of world that I'm used to, whatever, it's the it's like famously, it's the Gary Vaynerchuk sort of uh, uh, vein of things where it's like you don't need to sleep, like right. don't sleep, you don't need to sleep. Yeah, you know, it's just just go like like okay, so. So just want it more. Just want it more. You know what I mean? Put your wife and kids to sleep and then stay up for another three hours and then get it done then. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, that or the wake up earlier. And, do, and or stuff. do both. Do both. Yeah. Do do both. Like like I, I mean, people are bragging about how much sleep, how much how little sleep they need. Right. right. I remember this being sort of a trend like, oh, well, I, I sleep on four. I get four hours of sleep every night and, and I, I, I find myself, you know, to be it's fine. It's fine for me. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. And and even if so, like, so, I'm, yeah. I, so what? I'm I don't not care. <laughs> like, fucking, I like to sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and this you is, don't even sleep that much. I, I have problems sleeping yeah. sometimes. But I do, I do skip my, you know, you eight hours a night. Right. Like eight hours a night is, is great. And I, and I don't want to turn this into like a, into just about sleep. But sleep is a great example. Because I always, I picture two things, right? I picture two things. Aliens come down. They hover over us invisibly, watching all of us. At around, night? Around the world. Just at the, at the around the world everywhere. When we're sleeping, they're watching. They're watching. They see two things. They 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 zoom in on a scene of of you know uh, a couple of humans uh, or a family of humans at uh, at at dinner, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe they're at Outback Steakhouse getting an awesome blossom. Bloom, a blooming onion. Blooming onion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were both in the same same direction. Maybe there. Maybe it's a maybe it's a fancy place in in Portland with uh, you know tapas or something like that. But e either way, either way. It's like the humans are going like, like they're looking at each other and going like, can you 
believe it? You they do the, this three times a day. You mean the aliens? Aliens. That's yeah. what I mean. Aliens are looking at each other, going like, "They eat three times a day, at least. Sometimes they do more than that. They're just putting things in their mouth hole, and I, they must get something out of it. They haven't figured out like food supplements yet. You know, the pill that we yeah. take. You know, once the, soil, a, the soylent once, once a quarter. Right. That like just get, you know we have all that we need, and then and then they're like they zoom in on us sleeping. And they're like, look at these vulnerable creatures. Yeah. They are just, they're... They're tied to the circadian rhythms. <laughs> totally. Tied to the circadian rhythms. Listen, it is absolutely an inefficiency, if you think from a productivity standpoint, that we sleep for eight hours a night, right? You know, because you could be being productive during that time. Unless... <laughs> at the expense of... At, un, unless, at the expense of the quality of your productivity. Yes. At the quality of your quality of your production. And your future productivity. Right. You know, and, and so... So what you, like I think there's a, there's like there's like a hatred of sleep, right? Uh, in some ways, how could you not? Because you are what you do. But like you're only as good as your last thing that you made. That's I, the that's the lie that the world's telling you, right? And so like, why would you sleep? Because you're nobody yet. Well, so first you have to accept that productivity is the end goal, which a yeah. lot of people think it is. No, no, I think I think it's so hard not to to get out from underneath that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I right. think that's really a per, like the pervasive, not, I don't know. It's just, it's for me been one of the loudest voices. But once you, once you accept that, then you start looking around at your day thinking, well, I don't need to spend that extra time with my wife yeah. or yeah. holy shit, there's this bank of eight hours that I'm spending every night. I could be productive then. Yeah. It's, I think it's a, it's a lot like the logic that leads you to create an offshore company because you could save X percent sure. on your taxes or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. And maybe you end up paying the price down the line for that. Maybe you don't. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. But in the case of sleep, you definitely do. And that's all based on this false premise that productivity is the yeah. whole point of life and work. Totally. Which brings up, like, I guess, I guess what my, what, what I've been learning recently and why this topic is so top of mind to, for me is that, um, I know really, really personally and really, really well the feeling of like, I'm not getting enough done, right? And then I know the, the, both the sort of excitement and motivation that can come with that, as well as sort of the depression and, and, and kind of like just, uh, I don't know, sad feelings that can come with that too, mm -hmm. right? But what I've realized recently is, um, you know, you've heard us say this a lot on the podcast recently, like be gentle on yourself, like go more gentle. Like you're being really hard on yourself. I, I know you're being hard on yourself. You probably don't know how hard you're being on yourself. And yeah. future you is going to look back and go, as not, and, and I bet you anything, they're not going to say, I wish you would have worked harder. They're not going to say that. They're going to say, I wish you would have worked I think smarter. A good, a good symptom of that is if, if you're being too hard on yourself, you're yeah. probably lashing out at people who are close to you that, sure. that matter when all they're trying to do is have some fun. Yeah. And you're grumpy because you didn't get enough yeah. points on your productivity yeah. checklist mm -hmm. this week. And, and you know, this is what, so what I, what I'm saying is, is, um, this, the, we, we've, this idea of being gentle with yourself, right? What if, what if, go with me here. What if, there's a huge productivity trick here. And it's not that you get more done, but you get less done, but everything's better, right? Because I've been watching this in my own life. Now, in some ways, it's sort of a cliche, like do less, but do better, you know? Um, and it's, and, and it's not, it doesn't have to be either or. You know, you don't have to either get a lot done or get a few great things done. I right. don't think it, I think that's a bit of a false dichotomy right. as well. But, what I've been noticing in my life is, okay, so right now I waste a schnitz ton of time uh, every morning. I, I waste it, a right? A ton of schnitz. A schnitz ton. A schnitz. It's a very, it's a, it's a, it's an ancient is that, is Hebrew. Is it a ton of schnitz or it's a different measurement altogether? It's, it's eight cubics. Okay. Cubits. It's right. eight cubits uh, makes a schnitz. Cubert? <laughs> Cube, no, not Cubert. That's a video game. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, I, I go on like basically a two hour walk every morning. Uh, I, I say goodbye to my son and my wife. I give them kisses on the head. I put on a podcast and I go on a walk down to the river and back. You know what I mean? Sometimes this takes me about two hours. And and every I, I think like old, like, you know, me a year ago would look at that and go like, what the hell are you doing? Your team is going to be super frustrated with you. And an older, even older version of me or a several years back version of me is going to say like, you're ridiculous. You don't even know who you are yet or what you're doing. You got to go make stuff so that the world can start to love you so you can start to feel valuable again. You know what I mean? Like, but 
what I've noticed is in this like wasting, you know, intentionally wasting time, being away from everything, quote unquote, productive. Yeah. Is that when I come back to, you know, the computer uh, or to my work or whatever, I'm a different person. Yeah. I'm a different person when I've, when I've sort of, I've been in my body, I've been just walking. I'm not even running. I'm not exercising. There is no purpose to what I do. I'm not getting better. I'm not getting fitter. I'm not getting tanner. I'm right. not getting really any of that stuff. Nothing against a clock. Nothing. Yeah. No, dude, nothing. Yeah. Right. And that is a very right. different thing. But so the, the hack there, I think, which is ironic because we're like railing against hustling yep. and, and sleep hacks and productivity hacks and all this stuff. But the hack I think is you just end up with your brain waves or something in this really calm, focused state. Yep. Yeah. Whereas if you, and, and I think this is um, what Steph was getting at when she talked about the miracle morning and all these like obsessions that people have with routines yeah. is the goal is to find some pattern of events that leads you to become hyper-focused and calm yeah. and satisfied with what you've yeah. done for the day. And so then you try to recreate this every morning. Well, yeah. I wake up and I meditate and I have a cup of tea and I do X, Y, and Z. And if I do that every time, then yada, 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 yeah, totally. I have the perfect day. And and so, and, and and I'm not saying that that's what yours is. Yeah. I legitimately think that this this activity of like walking, which is so like yeah, well, fundamentally I, I, human. I just saw James Clear this weekend and he's like, oh, it's funny. Um, like there's such a long history and tradition of like the most prolific writers go on long walks every morning. Yeah. And it, because you come back and it's just like, 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 you're just like, you've got, right. you've got a lot of things that have been bouncing in your head. And you've sort of filtered through some of them, even if you haven't done it intentionally. Yeah. And 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 your you've been in your body, you've been moving, and so it's been kinetic as well as mental. Right. You know. And to get the most out, of, we've talked about exercise a lot yeah. and the importance of that because to get the most out of your instrument, you got to treat it well. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I I can feel that what you're talking about. You get back, and then all of a sudden, and and my wife and I do this when we're in Mexico. Every morning we wake up and we go for a walk, yeah. and it's not two hours, but maybe twenty five minutes or so, mm-hmm. and it's on the beach. Yeah. And um, when we get back, you feel like you've had the ocean air in your face, a little bit of sun. Yeah. And you just started out with a really calm, you know, sense of this is what matters in the day. Yeah. Not the rest of the stuff that I'm about to get to. And so then you approach your work with better perspective. And you don't, if you just sit down in front of your computer, you get all like tensed up like yeah. right away and wrapped up. Yeah. And then I think you start to mistake being busy for being productive. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Stephen Covey called. He said, you're right. <laughs> just, I got that <laughs> right did? now. Just yeah. Now? He just called right now and said, Corbett's nailing it. Good. <laughs> I didn't know he listened live. <laughs> he listens live for sure. He's in the port. You know, um, you guys, I think the other problem is I feel like we read so much that the most successful people don't sleep. I don't know if you guys have read those articles or reports before that tell you they like list out some of the most, you know, quote unquote, most successful people and how much they sleep and what time they get up in the morning. And there's even like this quote that's been going around. That's, you know, you have the same number of hours in the day as Beyonce. And to me, like what that says is, you know, if Beyonce can be Beyonce, then you can figure, figure your stuff out and come on, you know, it's, it's like, I just think that that's the message. And I know that someone, you know, who people might, might know of her work in terms of like this fight against sleep deprivation is Ariana Huffington of the Huffington Post has done a lot yes. of work on this recently. That's a good point. Which has been really interesting. And she's even talking about installing, I think like sleep pods in their offices, which is, you know, I think especially this is not exclusive to entrepreneurship. I think that entrepreneurs definitely feel the need to hustle because we're in charge of managing our own day. But in the corporate world too, you know, there's always been this sort of like the, you know, CEOs don't sleep type mentality. So it's mm-hmm. interesting to see that some people like her doing work actively to, to, I guess, agree with what we're talking about here. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, um, since we're all usually remote, but there's a lot of napping going on at my place. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he leans in. He goes, hey, guys, since it's just us here talking. Just the three of us. <laughs> I mean, it, and uh, I, I cherish my afternoon nap. I mean, it doesn't happen every day, but yeah. I'd say three or four out of five days. Do you days. think that's a symptom of uh, of the extra partying that you might be might do in Mexico when you have like, no, friends in here town in or something? Here in I'm Portland, here you're, you're going to do it too. Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know. I just feel, you know, that you, when you get that afternoon crash, yep, yep. I, I don't just like slam another five hour energy. I just say, oh, I guess my body's tired and I'm going to close my eyes for yep. 20 minutes. 
Yeah, I feel great afterwards. Yeah, and I don't want this to sound too scatterbrained because what we're really doing is we're 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 right now us three we're thinking through uh, the applications of all the places where this this anti hustle message can kind of kind of touches. Right. You know, because what I'm my argument my argument is that is that hus when when we hustle we are hurting ourselves. Okay. Because now that doesn't meaning just this 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 culture of frenetic hustle at all costs kind of you are what you do because that's a lie that's a lie you got like we got to get past that otherwise you're always going to be disappointed you're never going to be the dad you want to be at the dinner table you're never going to be the mom that you want to really be when you see elizabeth gilbert talking you're like right why can't i be like that you know what i mean you're 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 because you're chasing results mm-hmm. and you think your your value is associated with those results instead of right you're already valuable you're already as significant as you'll ever be do you know what I mean? You right. exist in a world as a magic thing. Do you know what I mean? Right. But, but, and so here's all these places, but the, the everything in our culture is saying like, you are your productivity. You are what you can so, put out in the world. Go out and make something of, of yourself. And to get, to get a little Eastern about it. Yeah. Uh, I think what we're talking about here is the, the, um, the interplay between striving mm-hmm. and acceptance. Oh, this yeah. is good. Right. And, and both are important, right? Yeah. You can, the, the, tr- I think what we're Have you been reading is, like Alan Watts, where are you, where, where are you, is this just like basics of Buddhism kind of thing? These are, I think these are, this goes back to the very first conversation I ever had, uh, with Toku okay. McCree when we first yeah. met, uh-huh. because I, I always feel this tension yeah. in myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think what we're railing against here is hustle for its own sake or hustle mm-hmm. in its own vacuum. Yeah. It's it's the same as striving. It's like being driven only by goals yeah, 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 and yeah. not accepting the moment for what it is. Sure. And I think really you need both of those. And we're not advocating just for acceptance and, and to say, because we strive, I, we have yeah. things that we care yeah. about. But the point is that too much of one or the other, I think puts you out of balance. Yeah. Yep. I think so. Uh, okay. So, so, um, where do we want to go next with this thing? Because I think there's a lot that I want to dig into. Maybe one of the things is, so we've talked about where, where, like, like what the message of hustle looks like in culture. And I think, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, listeners are, are are resonating with the fact, like, yeah, like there's a lot of pressure on me to perform. So for me personally, it's the performance thing. I mean, ever since I think I was a little kid, I think it was very clear, like I had to perform to get dad to love in some ways. You know what I mean? He didn't know what he was doing. He was figuring it all out. And that was the same house that he lived in, I think, right? And so that was just, that's just ingrained in me. That's like, and I'm realizing now, like my son, Aiden, like he, he performs for a very different reason. Like he doesn't have that same sort of like magnetic zero out that like he's, he's got that vacuum that's like just sucking things into. He'll have other issues and I don't care what they are because he doesn't have that one. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he knows he's already like, yeah. he's awesome already. The scary thing is you don't know what the issue is going to be. No, the issues are going to be the same pattern. They're going to be just as bad. You know what I mean? It's just going to be different ones. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'll always give him crap because I'm like, hey, at least I didn't give you that issue. <laughs> the one that made me so crazy for so many right. years. You know? But yeah. I love this idea of acceptance versus striving. You know? Um, I love I love the idea of this is a lot of people are like, hey, how do they want to get inside the brain of like successful entrepreneurs of people, um, you know, for lack of a better term, like us. Uh, we're, we, I've, I find myself, I find myself really, really being grateful for where we are in revenue. The more that I talk to, to friends of mine who I like really admire their work and they are, they are working hard, man. I almost said they're hustling. They are. Right. They have to, they have to work every single week to like keep the revenue coming in. Right. And, um, and I'm in this real, in this spot where, where we've built fizzle to be like a very, like a very amazing asset. And we're not like flying high or soaring. We, uh, we have to work really hard over the long haul, but I can take a two hour walk. Right. And I can, I can, I can not make something for a week. Right. And, and we, and, and that was a decision. We decided to engineer the, the entire business around, yeah. around low stress and, and our ability to live our lives. And yeah. I, I think, you know, you listen to a lot of entrepreneurs talk about consulting and freelancing and how mm-hmm. that's trading time for money and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then you pull back the covers and you realize they're trading time for money in, in a different way. Like yeah. you said, like they've got like five webinars they got to show up for this week yeah. And, yeah. and, and, uh, and X number of podcasts they got to do and all this sort of stuff. And, and they're, 
their time is not their own. Yeah, in a lot of ways. You know, what makes me think of is we just we just uh, published a new course within Fizzle, a, a, a quick and dirty one on basically this question of uh, early on in the roadmap. It's the first time we ask the question. Okay, let's let's we're not gonna we're not gonna do a lot of math here. We're not gonna like get very specific, but let me tell you a couple re- ways that your business can make money, and let's let's you specifically pick the one that feels like it might be in the right right, right vein for you. Yep. And then we we do the calculate your minimum viable income, which is just, you know, your original sort of like basic kind of budgeting 101, just looking at what your expenses are. Not even budgeting, just like looking at your expenses for the last few months and understanding like wh- how much you're spending on Uber, how much you're spending on Eden Out, how much you're spending on this, that, and the other. Kind of fiddling with some things and then getting to what's the number you actually need to make to be ramen profitable, which right. is to say you're surviving. You know what I mean? You're not like super comfortable, but that's it. If you can, if you're doing something that's growing and it starts making that much money, you can quit your day job, right? Mm-hmm. If you wanted to. Um, and I, I loved making that course because I was so afraid of that kind of content my whole time coming up as a creative, you know? And I think there's a lot of people who are listening to this right now. You know who you are, who y- you're sort of averse to hearing about the money stuff. But what I've learned now is that the money stuff's actually really liberating to me. It really is, is like kind of a hard and fast sort of liberation of freedom of, uh, in a sense, instead of, a, of prison, you know, because to me, the money stuff was based on performance and it's like, it proves that I'm not valuable, you know what I mean? But I know I'm valuable, right? Right. I already know that, no, but they laughed and they cried just because they didn't make a dollar doesn't mean it wasn't making an impact. Right. Right. And then it's taken me a long, a long time to sort of synthesize some of that and realize like, okay, yeah, I've got my own internal struggle going on. Like, am I valuable as well as though I'm learning to navigate the the jungle out there, the world that's like, that like is a real uh, character in the story of creating a business. You know what I mean? It really, you really do have to play by the rules out there and you can change a lot of the rules and you can make them your own and change, do them in your way, but you got to make something that at least some people want enough to spend a dollar on. Right. You know, that's one of those basic rules of, of, um, of, I don't know, of the life of a business, you know, yep. uh, you know, profitable stuff pays for itself. Yep. So anyways, if you're if that's interesting to anyone out there listening, you should definitely jump into the roadmap and start going because now there's a great course on that thing that's just three episodes, three lessons long. Um, and it comes at the right, just the right time and sets you up so perfectly for the next stage, which which you get into into more more stuff. In case you don't know it, we have nine stage fizzle business roadmap that guides you from all the way from step zero to, you know, to the very end of the process, basically, of of creating a business that that doesn't just feel good, but also works. It earns revenue. It does all the things. So it's not just like good intentions. It's it's actually, and I've been thinking about one of the things we should say more about Fizzle is like, this isn't just like a book that you read and highlight and put on the shelf. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. everything in the roadmap no, it's are actions. All action oriented. All Every single step is an action. Yep. And because like you can, you can go, how many books do you have on your shelf that you've read about entrepreneurship that, you know, that you didn't do anything with? Yeah. It's not just advice. It's It's not not. just kind of setting you up like with a raw, raw speech at the beginning. This is, we're going to hold your hand every step through the way. So in that context, right? So in the, in the roadmap, we're going to ask you to do actions, right? So what's the difference between making progress every week in your business or, or the kind of what actions that we, what would you say, Corbett, is, is like the difference between how I would how I would hope someone would go through the roadmap and you know quote hustling. What's the difference between yeah them? like so, can you make so, a well, distinction? Yeah, I, I think it's the um, the effectiveness of your actions is what it comes down to. So what we're trying to do is help people work on the right things at the right time, versus that you know when you're an entrepreneur we we hear this from people all the time who yeah. join. They just feel pulled in 50 different directions. They don't know what to do next. And it's just that like really anxious, like, oh my God, I need to be working more because there's so much to do. And we want to just kind of like, shh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Calm down. Yeah. There are a lot of things that you need to do, but it's not that complicated because we're going to show you the order in which to do them mm. so you can feel like, okay, as long as I get this done now, I know that I'm making progress in yeah. the right way. Yeah. Uh, and so I think I think that's what the roadmap, the, hopefully that's what the roadmap is doing for people, just making them feel a sense of calm yeah. so that you know that you can be working on the right things. And this, when we talk about hustle, part of that 
and we and I mentioned earlier the difference between being busy and being productive. I think a lot of this feeling of I have to be hustling is because there's a big portion of your day where you're just scrambling around like a chicken with its head cut off, uh, jumping from one thing to the next because you feel like you have to do it all. Yeah. When if you had something like a roadmap to kind of show you the way, and this is why people love mentors so much, right? Yeah. Because it helps you to focus on the things that you need to be doing. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that's what the podcast does as well to some degree. Yeah. We, t- we, you know, every- nothing is f- here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's okay. Walter, you gave him a briefcase of your underwear. <laughs> I don't think he even says that. I just wanted to make, make it clear. Good. So... Real quick, Corbett, you mentioned something a few minutes back that you kind of touched on quickly that I feel like people out there would probably be interested in hearing more about because I know it's interesting to me, which is this, I feel like you guys have talked about it a little bit before, but there was this sort of, um, I don't know, conscious decision within this business, within Fizzle to have this lifestyle component. And I think that that might be foreign to some people. So, I mean, can you guys speak a little bit more about what what goes into that kind of decision? Because I think a lot of times when people are starting businesses, it doesn't occur to them that they have any element of choice in terms of, you know, I just need to build this thing as fast as I possibly can and gets revenue and MVI and all these things that we're talking about. But to be intentional with how you, you know, I don't know, I guess just be content with where this thing leads as it relates to the rest of at the rest of life, I think is really interesting that maybe a lot of people haven't considered. Well, I mean, I think it all comes down to the fact that we're just two chill dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and also, though, I know I, I would say more than that. I would say like you helped make me super chill because you have gone through a lot of different modes. You've done there's like what you're building and then there's how you build it. Right. Yeah. And you've done a lot of different hows. And you've done a lot of different what's too, yeah. but you've been in the VC backed like crazy startup game. You've been in the Fortune 500 boardrooms doing all of the you know consulting on tech jobs and stuff like yeah. that. You've worked at the Vancouver Police Department, <laughs> which which is one of the higher stress environments. I'd have to say. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the things that was like really a turning point for me was my first day on a job on a project when I was doing the Fortune 500 consulting. Uh, you know, I woke up on Monday morning, flew to Houston where I was working at Enron, which is a whole interesting story that we could talk about someday, but, um, show up on the job, you know, work the full day and then, um, you know, start asking people like, you know, what's, what do we do later? We go into dinner or whatever. And, uh, the bosses are like, no, we're going to order dinner in. So we all eat dinner at the office and we're working, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm, you know, kind of wondering like, okay, you know, when, when are we leaving or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, I get the notice that there's a 9 PM team meeting in the conference room. Wow. And and I'm thinking like, what the hell's going on? This must be like a major catastrophe or whatever. Yeah. And it turns out, no, that's just normal. We do mm-hmm. that a lot. That's how we end the day at 9 p.m. meeting. And then usually we go back for a little bit more work. And then it turned out that the pattern was we would call the hotel from the taxi on the way home to have them hold a cocktail for us because the hotel bar closed at midnight. Wow. And that, and then we'd wake up and do the exact same thing the next day. So basically I ended up on a project where we were working 15 hours a day. Wow. And, um, I think what I'm doing now <laughs> largely <laughs> is an outgrowth of that, recognizing yeah. that there are people who believe that that's how you get ahead in life by mm-hmm. working 15 hours a day. Yeah. And it's not that uncommon in that consulting world. And to some degree, um, because I ended up working with a coworker who had been in that environment before and he hadn't recognized the evils of that, that carried forward to my first startup in a lot of ways as well. And, yeah. and my my uh, co-founder would sleep under the desk a lot of times. Wow. And then I would see him start with this like, you know, energy at the beginning of the week or whatever. And then later basically just be fried like towards yeah. the end of the week and not able to think and, and really irritable and not making good decisions, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. um, I recognize in myself as well that... I'm just never going to, I couldn't be Gary Vaynerchuk because if I don't get my sleep, I'm useless. Yeah. And I just don't have that energy either. And I think that's, yeah. that's a piece maybe that we haven't covered yet in this, that every person is unique. And for you to accept that, or for you to try to be Beyonce without having Beyonce's disposition and genes, not yeah. to mention all of what she has at her disposal at this yeah. point, yeah. but to not be Beyonce when she was 18 or whatever, even, mm-hmm. um, 
I think it's just doing yourself a disservice. You have to figure out who you are in this world and you're never going to be happy unless you embrace that which comes from within you. Yeah. And I think it's unique for all of us. And and so, you you know, maybe you try on the Gary Vaynerchuk shoes for a while and see mm. what that's like. Mm. Sleep five hours a day, wake up at 5 a.m. and go work out and, you know, do the whole thing and, and see if you like that, yeah. see if it works for you. Um, but if it doesn't work for you, then keep looking. You know, there are plenty of successful entrepreneurs out there. Maybe not at the very top of the game. I don't know. I'd love to, I guess, you know, this is something maybe in Ariana Huffington's new book or or yeah. in something like that where you could find out, like, who are the really successful people who actually sleep eight or nine hours yeah. a night? Because yeah. I'm sure they exist. Yeah. Um, and we're telling you right now, like, not that we're very successful, but we we run a pretty... Uh, tight ship for about four or five hours a day around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true. Mandatory, mandatory at least two, two to seven weeks of vacation every year. Yes. You know, and for all of our employees as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that in our in our employee handbook. But, you know, and it, it brings, like, listen, a lot of my lens onto this, probably one of the reasons why I'm, I'm it's, it's close to me so much right now is I'm like on my like fourth or fifth month off of caffeine. Off of all caffeine, and it was surprisingly easy to to go off caffeine for me because I was I was only drinking espresso at the time, but I would still get big bumps from that espresso. You've, yeah, you've heard me on this show just in caffeine mode, and it's really fun. It's fun. I'm manic. Yeah. I'm crazy. A lot of voices. It makes for great radio. But to be honest, now you're you know I mean I'd say you're more even, but you still have plenty, I, I, I plenty got plenty of bursts, of, plenty of moments, <laughs> yeah. plenty of moments, and and it, like like so every comedian is afraid that if they get like more healed emotionally yeah they're they're yes. not going to yeah. be as funny right when the when when and, and it is a real big worry so the same thing for me i'm like worried i was i've been worried about like so if i take the caffeine out like and i don't have these manic depressive sort of swings yeah does that mean i'm not going to have all these like crazy bursts of ideas the emotional scars are still there the emotional <laughs> scars are still there bro they're down there uh the the comedy still comes out and it, it and it might not be as often, but but it but it's a little more. There's 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 more of me involved now than just sheer manic energy, right? But the the truth is that 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 um and I'm gonna I'm paint coffee in a pretty bad light now because I think what we do is is we drink coffee because we hate our jobs. We drink coffee because what we're trying to do is extremely difficult. We hate coffee because like we don't feel like we're cut out for this job. Like, we, did I say hate? We drink coffee. We drink it. Yeah. We drink coffee because like because of of like because of the thing called the Mondays exists, right? Why do the Mondays exist? Because you're so far cut off and removed from the way you wish you could be in the world, and you don't even know how you wish to be in the world. You don't even know that as an option until you start seeing other people like out loud living that in small and meaningful ways. Like you're you're you know the the irony in and one of the things we were saying earlier is like, I bet there are some successful people who sleep, you know, at least eight, eight hours a night, right? And I'm, I'm part of me is just going like, well, what is success? Like, right. what is success? Right. If, if you're, Absolutely. you know, episode 140 of this show, fizzleshow.co slash 140 is great episode on redefining your own definition of success. Yes. And, and I love that episode, but it, but it brings in no, a question. It's like, is like the success is... It, you made it. You made a successful company. Right. You, you earned a lot of money. Totally. You, you're famous. Yes. You're po which means you're popular. Which means you're yep. probably making. You're either popular or wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what fame means, or that's what success means. Exactly. It rarely means, except unless you're in the the chef. And room. that's the thing. It's like so. There are people out there who are very successful in life, meaning they love their lives. Yeah. And they mean a lot to the people around them. Yeah. Who don't have fame or a lot of money. And so you don't hear their stories yeah. necessarily. Yeah. And, and those are the kinds of people like, like, uh, I think, uh, I can't remember who it was. It was like, you know, the question was like, who's the most successful person that you know? And the guy was like, oh, dude, there's this, this guy old lady, <laughs> this old lady who lives next to me. Yeah. And she is just the best. She's so like, She's so smart. She's oh so old. <laughs> she's so like with it and there and super funny. And she's always around and she's just really, really present. Yeah. And she's lived an interesting life, but she's just like there. Totally. You know, and, and um I remember this guy called Rob Bell said, you know, when someone asked them the question of like, like, what do you what do you um like what do you want out of life? Or like what do you want to get? Like what's what success with this next book look like for you or whatever? And and I I can't remember exactly the, the question, but the answer was something like, I just want to feel wonder. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I just want to kind of like be in awe. Yeah. And, and in wonder about just being alive. Yeah. Like I want it to feel good to be alive. And I so I am so deeply entrenched in that fing boat right now. Pardon my French. <laughs> I'm so deeply entrenched in that. That like I think the the greatest gift 
you can ever feel is that you've got time on your hands and you're not bored. By the way, how great are the French people? <laughs> They're really good at this. That, no, that <laughs> we coined a phrase based on the fact that they cuss a lot. Yeah, <laughs> pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> what, that's a great thing to know about your culture, right? What, what do you mean? That, that like they, that because the We word... don't say pardon my German or something. <laughs> we should. We should. That that makes more sense to me, right? I guess because because French just uh just like I, they I must know. they must have really salty language. They they must. They're a bunch of sailors over there. Every other word huh. in France. But uh, but anyways, all of that to say, like, th- let's come back to our, our core issue here: hustle, right? Anti-hustle. The idea is what we're what we're actually you know walking around is this cliche: work smarter, not harder. Right. Right. This is the this is the nucleus at the at the at the core of this idea. It's funny though, when you say that, then I get anxious. Like, but how do I work smarter? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and anxiety does not is not leading to I, this happened today. Um, there's some there's some substances in Portland that are legal that are not legal everywhere else. And every once in a while, like I, I heard somebody are these legal in Colorado? There, I think it's Col. I think so. I wouldn't Is know. It legal in I, Washington? I, I, I possibly. I, I've never. Uh, I've never. But I have a buddy who this morning he was really stressed about like oh wanted to cut you know to do this uh, this stuff. And he wasn't all that stressed. He was just like a little bit like oh about, he'd been, about a project that he really needed to get started on or whatever. And so he uh, he like possibly could have had a little bit of this like sort of substance that is only legal in a few states of America. That's probably going to be legal a lot more. Um, and what then he started doing was he just started sketching uh, these uh, like sort of getting really deep and patient with the problem that he was solving. Right, which reminds me of an Einstein quote about uh, about pro- you know you if you want to solve a problem if I had a hundred minutes to solve a problem I'd spend ninety nine of them just thinking about the problem mm-hmm. right and then the last minute you spend right. on the solution right so so this guy I know spent a lot of time just like actually kind of graphically laying out the problem making making notes on all of the different things that he that he would have to to do to solve that that problem, right? Or just what the problem consists of. And, and then uh, he told me that he feels really like confident about what to do next. And actually not just next on this project, but then the one that that's after it as well. Nice. So, so this guy is, is set up all because what his anxiety was, was not allowing him to be patient enough to spend some time with the problem. You know, it's like uh, I just published a uh, now to stop talking about my friend and start talking about me. Oh, okay. I just started. I just published a video on the Sparkline uh, uh, a couple days ago, um, right? So it's on the the number the top advice for for uh, bloggers, creatives of all type, entrepreneurs everywhere, right? Is you just got to get out there and do it, man. And I made this video about uh, uh, about three ways that that advice is sort of like wrong or things that we need to add to it to make it better. And it's yeah. a great video. It's been very popular it's for great. us. Um, so, but the point, and I'll put that in the show notes. But uh, the I spent a lot of time with the problem. Mm-hmm. I workshopped it with my buddy, and we talked it through and, and stuff like that. I all wasted time, right? All this I shouldn't do. I should just sit down and write it. Just yeah. get it done. I should just do it, right? right. Um, and then when I finally sat down to script the thing, the last minute was spent in scripting. I did ninety nine minutes were spent over there, and then the last percent was just actually writing the thing, and it, and it fell out like super easy. It was really easy to film and edit. I did the filming and the editing in like forty five minutes, That's like awesome. both, just like they were done. Yep. Um, and all because like the I, the I sat with the problem enough, right? Mm-hmm. When you are hustling. What you're doing is you're not sitting with the problem because the anxiety that you have about needing to hustle enough makes you miss what the problem is. It's, so yeah, so yeah, what right. you're and saying on the smarter, harder thing, yeah. it's like, yeah, you start to feel that anxiety. Anxiety clouds our vision. Right. And right? this is this is something that um, I really learned from you over the past few years. Just that if you so when you when when Chase Reeves decides to work on a project, you completely turn everything else off. And this project becomes the thing in your life. And it ends up producing much better results in the end, because what you're doing is, um, and, and this is, and and it's almost like I was thinking the other day, we were talking about some course or, or some script or something, and you were treating it almost as if we had like a pilot to create for Netflix. Yeah. And it was like, (laughs) like you, you, cared that much about this silly little video we were going to put in our mm. silly little community of yeah. entrepreneurs 
um, that you were really excited about it and you were workshopping ideas for this little video, almost as if we were like guest writers for Broad City or something. Mm. And this was like the job of your life. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and I admire that because I think that ability to focus so much on the problem at hand and stop worrying about mm. having to hustle on everything else means that at the end of the day, the work that you get done even though maybe mm -hmm. you didn't get 20 things done, yeah. you focused on one, but it ends up being so much better. Mm -hmm. And as a result, people notice that, I think. And yeah. so it ends up, it's it's that, like you were talking about, that idea of doing less, but of greater quality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I think you, you, you're able to look back and feel more pride for the things that you create and you remember those things that you finish as opposed to getting to the end of the day and feeling like, what yeah. the hell did I do? I know I was busy all day, but I'm oh, not sure man. what I got done. How many days in my life have I ended just like that? Yeah. Right? Oh, I just didn't do enough. Like my wife was like, why are you in such a pissy mood today? I guess I just, I, I didn't get enough done. Right. right? Which, which all that means is, is I am, I'm thinking too much and not about the right stuff. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I'm not going deep on the problems that matter. Now, a couple of things that look so, so let's get practical here. All right. We're talking about anti-hustle. We're talking about how hustle can make us just do a lot of crap, right? And it takes and us feel to about feel it. crappy, like so bad about it, and right? burn ourselves out. And and so so you've got a lot done, but you don't feel any of the success from it. Like you don't feel good about it, right? And and what you it, but like you still get lucky like you, you hustle a lot you finish a lot of things you'll still get some luck in there probably and this opportunity and this opportunity and things will just happen down the road right that's good because the truth is you gotta work hard I'm not saying work smart and not hard I'm right. saying work smarter not harder right. right like it's not you're gonna have to work super hard so when we were scripting that thing or going through outlining that that script for this this new course it's a big script and we had to end up like going like damn, we got to cut this meeting off now and schedule a whole new one where we do another two hours yeah. on this thing, right? So it, it ends up getting bigger. But I'm but if there's one thing that I've learned, like an actual practical, tactical tip on this, after blogging and making videos and designing websites and working on so many project management things and, and working at agencies, doing basically, I'm, I'm, I'm basically, I'm professional at doing creative work for a living at this point. Meaning, whether it's for clients or for myself, just the idea of you've got this much time, you've got this much to do, how are you going to manage your days, Right. If there's one thing that I that I could that I could try to teach, I don't know if it's teachable because it's just you just have to go get raked over the coals for this. But it really is that you invest so much time in understanding the problem before you even start on the solution. Yeah. Because the truth is, the solution is so shiny. You're so ready. You know this one plugin you're going to use is going to be so much fun to set right. up. You can't wait to go research it and get it all set up and hooked right. up. Right. You can't wait to just like you're going to start up the page and you're just to start coding and doing the thing. You know, and and, and you get we get it's so shiny, squirrel. You know what I mean? The solution, you just, because you know you can solve this and you totally can. But but it's like that grandpa wisdom where like he he doesn't go move on to like actually go fix the thing before he puts his tools away. Yeah. For, you know what I mean? Like wax, he gets, on, wax, wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Grandpa does a lot of waxing off the, in his old age. So <laughs> that's an old one, dude. That's an old fizzle. It's a joke from a long time ago. <laughs> Not that inside. <laughs> it's not that inside. It's a bit of an outside joke. So, um, so getting tactical on uh, on uh, on the. So, what do we say? We say anti-hustle, right? When we when we when we're when we're so concerned about hustling, which is what the culture, all everything wants us to be a hustler, right? Every conference you go to, what are you working on? What are you doing right now? Who are you? How many Twitter followers? Like all of this vague BS. Yeah. You know, maybe she's born with it. No, maybe it's just Maybelline. Do you know what I mean? Like it's all just lies. Yeah. Right. Well, you know what? Importantly, one thing that I like is coming out of this for me is I think ambition and hustle are used synonymously. And mm. I think what we're saying is they're not the same thing. Right. You know, like yeah. we like I think Corbett talking about Chase's process, which I have witnessed and learned a lot from in the last year too. Chase is very ambitious and very excited about projects, but there's not necessarily like it's not the same thing as hustle. Like you can be um, aspiring. You can be, you know, moving towards creating and be excited about creating, but that's not the exact same as I got to hustle. I got to stay up until three o'clock in the morning. They're very different things unless you start mixing them. And I think that when people feel like they have to hustle in order to be an ambitious person, because that's one of the things I could imagine people throughout this episode thinking to themselves is like, well, where does ambition fit into this? Because we all want to be ambitious, but you can be ambitious and also be have this anti-hustle mm. uh, thing going on as well. 
Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You're you're making me also realize stuff that I think a lot of us I, I think the attraction of hustle is the attraction of wanting life or your work life to feel like a rap video. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. damn, I'm getting mine. I'm working my ass off, you know? Like, yeah. you, you want to feel like a badass, like, every, like a baller. Yeah, like a Wale lyric or a, uh, like a, uh, who's, who's the best at those? It's like, honestly, it's like, I, maybe it's Lil John. But it's it's basically just Jay Z. It's just every Jay Z song where it's like racks to riches and like I yeah I I'm a business man. I'm yeah. a business. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. man. Well, yeah. and, and right now with women, it's hashtag girl boss. Everybody's talking about girl boss. There was a book right. ri- written about this, and it's the same thing. It's like that feeling of I want to feel like I dominated everything, but it's it's exhausting. Yeah. It it's totally exhausting. And I wanna I wanna make one distinction here. Because the term, I, I, I differentiate between, or I'd make a distinction between hustle as an action and hustle as sort of a way of being, okay? I don't like hustle as a way of being. But every once in a while, there's a time in business where, uh, like, where it's almost like a specific action that I call, you just got to get out there and hustle. And that is normally just re- is about sales. Right. And, you know, and, and there's like, there's, it's like, you hate to make those cold calls, but you got to do it. Right. As long, and, and because, why? Because... The world, like somehow you know this is the next thing to do. You feel confident about this thing, and normally that makes it uh, that makes it so much easier to do. Even cold calls, making cold sales calls, which I did for a long time, we knew it was the right thing to do. Our whole organization back then that I was at, and so all right, it was on me, and I did it. And even though it it, it sucked every day, it it wasn't dread. Have you ever dreaded your job? Have you ever dreaded going into stuff? Have you ever felt that like actual dread going into work? Oh yeah, I mean cold calling. That's how I. That's how I got my start at Groupon. That's what I did every single day. Eighty phone calls a day. Absolutely. Oh, that's a lot, man. <laughs> you gotta hustle. You gotta hustle. Yeah. Uh, but I, I also feel like that you used to feel like hustle was a short term thing. Like once in a while you got hustled, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And now it's like, it's just the always on. You have to hustle all the time. And this yeah, is yeah, what yeah. we're railing against. Yeah. You know, looking at the definitions of the word hustle, there's just a lot of like, not, not, there's nothing here that I want. Right. Yeah. So like yeah. <laughs> in terms of like a noun, you know, a hustle, like a hustler, it's like a fraud or a swindle mm-hmm. um, or to be hustled. Uh, busy movement and activity to move or to force someone to move hurriedly or unceremoniously in a specified direction or to obtain by forceful action or persuasion. There's just a lot of like, there's nothing, there's nothing here that I want. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, So if we've said anything here today, what I hope we've, we've, we're getting across is, is like, Maybe maybe this is kind of a, a new idea to some people that there's an alternate uh, sort of view to to getting stuff done that you don't have to hustle 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 every day right you can sprint maybe that's a better way to think about it because when you think of sprint you know how long are you going to sprint for how long are you going to sprint for exactly 100, 200 feet maybe three hundred yeah. if you can like really get after it right then then keep trying to sprint see what happens see you you won't be it like honestly sprint for a hundred yards. And then, or like to the end of like what your ability is, and then just go like, I'm going to keep sprinting. Right. And try and watch what happens. Watch how your speed changes. Watch how your body changes. Like you just physically actually can't. And I think we need to make room for that in the way that we think about ourselves. Because listen, the way that you think about yourself as an entrepreneur, the way that you move through your tasks every single week. That has a huge impact on not only the people around you, but the kind of work that you're going to be able to do next week and the week after that and the week after that. And the sooner that you realize that you can only sprint for so long before going into more of like a marathon pace, the better because your work is going to get better because because projects as an entrepreneur are launched and created as a marathon. They're not created as sprints, All, like very rarely. And then when they are, that's a great sense of uh, of I don't know, of, of excitement. Because we've had plenty of little sprints around here, but what matters is the lights are still on four years later. That's what's really hard. That's what's really hard to do. You can sprint, 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 but you're going to need to take a break at some point. And the question is, are you going to be so hard on yourself then that you literally dig yourself into a hole? Or can you like think in a way about your work and about your value in society and about about your own success about the path that you're on about the journey that you're heading in to 
to be gentle with yourself, to do, to take the time necessary to focus and, and really think through what is this problem and to work smarter and not harder. And I want to say, honestly, sometimes working smarter means not doing it on your own, not being all by yourself going like, what should I work on? Oh, I should have all the answers. I should be smart. I should know this all right. And that's a, that's a, that's a big call to action for me. Just begging you to try out the, the fizzle roadmap because you don't have to have all the answers. You can absolutely do it. Everything that's in this roadmap, but you don't necessarily, you won't necessarily be able to come up with every one of these steps in the right order on your own by listening to this podcast or the next uh, blog post that's published or the, this thing. Oh, maybe I should go get that plug in. Oh, now I got to get on Pinterest and all this other crap, but none of it matters compared to the things that actually do matter. Yep. You know, anything else to add, Steph? No, I mean, I think we've covered it. I, I, it's, it's just interesting to, I don't know, wait, kind of wait for me, like coming from this, like addiction to achievement, which I think I've talked about before this, like gold star mentality, this gold star background that I come from. I can say personally for me in 2016, I've had, I've had a really great 2016 so far. I've gotten a lot done with the team. I've worked on some of my favorite projects so far. I've also been pregnant for all of 2016 and <laughs> one like little, little known fact so far. About, what, what was that? So far. So far. Yeah. Let's see if we, what happens in the next few days. But I will say that in 2016, like I stopped setting an alarm in the morning. Like, I don't think I've mentioned that before. I do not set an alarm. I mean, it's going to change when I have a baby, but I wake up when I wake up and I do take a nap most days too. And, and I, I'm pretty sure you guys would have no idea that that's the case. And I think mm. that, you know, for me, like coming to that acceptance and then also seeing that hustle and ambition and enoughness are not mutually exclusive has been has been really instructive for me just just so far this year on a personal level man i wish i could i wish i could do more for people to help them like i don't know because it, it takes a long time to sort of like live with this idea and then sort of embrace it and try to work it into your regular everyday life you know what i mean and actually in projects and see what it's like to actually ship things out the door with a more of a mellow gentle like worldview about, about work and productivity and, and value and stuff like that. Um, but in some ways it's just something you gotta, like a couple assets that have been like huge assets for me have been my partnership with Corbett. The fact that we have a team, the fact that we meet every single Tuesday to talk about what projects that we've got going on and that everybody knows what everybody's working on. The fact that we meet every single quarter to decide which projects we're going to do that quarter and kind of put them in a rough order, right? The fact that I like like not being alone in this stuff. And, the, and then the fact that we track everything in Trello and there's this like actual physical movement of a project from, from idea to in progress to completed in this quarter or this, this uh, half a year. Like those little things really add up to a way of working that's very sustainable. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not just like whatever I, whatever I can get done and then flying by the seat of my pants. And I did that for a really long time. Maybe that was necessary. Maybe that was necessary to get me here. I don't know. But, um, but yeah. I, I was paying attention that whole time. And, you know? and, and one other tip we should, we should throw out there that we probably haven't talked about recently is just this idea of productivity journaling at the end of the day. Mm. Just, just take some time at the end of each day to reflect on what you got done and just write down. It doesn't have to take long. Just make a list of all the things that you actually accomplished or yeah. just write yourself a, a little note about how the day went and, and take that time every day. You get in this rhythm, even if you don't do it all the time. I think you learn a lot from doing oh it God, just for a few it. weeks. Or yeah, whatever. you do it. Yeah, like the episode ninety nine, or I think it was ninety nine. I'll put it in the so. show notes. Um, it is it is one of our more popular episodes. It's it's really easy to listen to, and it's it's epic. It is probably the most um, that one little that one little tip that one little tip can probably be the most the, make the largest impact on on the next on this whole year of your work. You know what I mean? It takes it takes me a minute and a half every day to do. Yep. You know, I love it. All right. I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I uh before I sign off, I'll use the filibuster yeah. uh, just for a second. I just wanna I just tweeted this. I, I love this. Basically a, a quote I I'm attributing this to you. It didn't exactly come out like this, but um I love this today. This is what I learned from today's episode. Uh Chase said, thinking you can hustle all day every day is like thinking you can sprint an entire marathon. Good stuff. I've been Corbett Barr. I have been Seth Crowder. And we'll see, see you there, or we'll see you on another time. time.
So there you have it. All right. Fizzleshow.co slash 161. That's where you're going to find the show notes for everything from this episode. The uh, podcast episode on productivity journaling, episode 99. My latest post with this great little video I made, I think you'll really like, on the three ways to improve the best advice of all time. And a little bonus thing there. Matt Giovannisi, friend of The Fizzle Show, uh, made this amazing hashtag hustle video, which is a joke about hustling, so we had to include that in some way. You'll find that all at fizzleshow.co slash 161. Here is an iTunes rating from Mark Copes in Australia who says, I'm one step closer to the edge. It's almost my 12-month anniversary of listening to the show and starting my side hustle and have only now just realized I haven't yet left an iTunes review. Turns out, all it took was a perfectly executed Linkin Park outro in episode 158. You literally gave me no choice. I hope you feel pleased with yourself, Chase. I very much do, Mark. Thanks for leaving a review and for loving my uh, Linkin Park. Uh, one step closer to the edge! And I am, uh, indeed, about to break. Our goal here is to help you make progress on your business every single week, dear listener. If you could, please leave us an iTunes review. It helps others to find the show, and it helps me have stuff to read at the end of this thing. <laughs> Add your voice there. Open up iTunes, click to the store, search for Fizzle, and click write a review. Okay, guys, let's quit hustling. Let's get some sleep and work smart on something you care a great deal about. What else is this life for? Remember, as a listener of the show, you get five weeks for free to try out the Fizzle Roadmap. Okay, you can start right now at fizzle.co slash try five. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday. <laughs>